Welcome to the Speak Your Peace podcast. My name is Ian McNaughton. Pleased to be joined by SYP creator Scotty K. Scotty, what's happening, big guy? I'm back, back on the podcast. I feel like I'm a weekly guest now, which is actually exciting. It's back to normal. Yes. Well, we're doing NHL stuff now, right? So, like, we're getting the, you know, some of the NHL preview stuff done. Uh, yeah. We've been doing some golf talk. It's been, it's been a good, like, you know, three-week stretch of podcasts here. Only shit I know about. <laughs> right? See, half the, half the shit, I mean, I'm just, honestly, I do research beforehand. I actually know this shit, so I'm, like, actually, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be good. Um. We we had we had our uh, a Ryder Cup preview last week with Max Kleban, which was great. Uh, Rav and I have been doing some NHL redrafts as part of our preview for the NHL season. Um, this weekend, I went to Edmonton for an SYP takeover in Edmonton. We're recording this on Monday, uh, September twenty seventh, night of. Um, did you do anything eventful this weekend? Uh, yeah, a lot of things. I worked Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Metro, oh, yeah. Metro McGinley, actually, this week. Oh, did you? Hey, Edmonton native Jerome McGinley. Edmonton native Jerome McGinley, yeah. He was in, at the store with his his two boys and his wife, and they were getting their kids uh, some true custom skates. He's coaching in Kelowna, isn't he? He coaches for the Rink Academy, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Did, did you tell him to uh, follow SYP? I didn't know he was busy. I'm, normally, I'm not supposed to, like, interrupt like a customer if i'm not directly helping them so i did what i suppose what i was supposed to do i'll tell a quick quick story um hockey related so when it was one of the first days i was working at our fy viewers i work at chevy's source for sports which is a hockey store in Kelowna, the best hockey store in the okanagan by the way so go check it out what's your competition um, there is none we are the best <laughs> we are, there is us we are so high on a pedestal we're on the empire we're on top of the empire state building then there's the ground, and there's 50 feet of shit, and there's everyone else. In, so in- what, you're, what you're saying is you're the Alabama football of, yes. of, of, of hockey stores in the Okanagan. Yes, we are. It's, it's, it's too easy. Like, we are the best. <laughs> What's your story? Is this, the, is this the Scott Niedermeyer story? Yeah, I, I probably told it before. But, um, yeah, so one of my first days, I met Scotty Niedermeyer, and I was freaking out. Because I was like, I want to get a picture of this guy so badly. And my colleagues were like, no, you can't because you're, you're working. And I was hoping I would be a customer that day and run into him. But unfortunately, that's not how it works. But um, yeah, anyway, so I met another, uh, another legend, Jerome McGinley, earlier, there, earlier this week in between um, partying and drinking and having a good time with the boys. And actually, we, we have a good squad up here. So it was, it was a good weekend, but I worked a lot. So I'm um, I was going to say, did you go out to clubs? Are clubs open? Clubs? Uh, clubs, no. Not not in the way they, they should be or we expect them to be. Um, ah. Their bars are open. But again, you're only allowed six people at a table and you can't intermingle. So if you have a, our issue, we have a group of like 20 of us. So it's kind of hard to like intermingle at restaurants and stuff. So we try to avoid doing that. But what can you do? So yeah, busy weekend. Uh, I just got back from Edmonton today. Yep. Um, Alberta's wild, man. It's, um, I don't want to say, it, it's a weird place, but not weird in like quirky way like Portland. Okay. It's like, it's like weird in the sense, I don't know how to describe it. This isn't, this isn't even me talking COVID related. Like, so people I stayed with, Armin, friend of the pod it's been on a few times. great great guy 
He's technically a creator, isn't he? Uh, marketing director, isn't he? Yeah, that's that's what. Uh, hey, marketing you, director. That's what he technically you, is. Anyways, pardon. You gave it to him. That sounds right. Um, we went to uh, Rogers' place. To, we tried to go. We, we did go to Rogers' place. We tried to watch a hockey game at Rogers' place, and. You know, um, you've seen like pictures and videos of Rogers' place. You know that little like hanging, like that walkway over top of the road in front of the arena. Yes. Of Rogers. Yes. Yep. So that's all like the ice district, which is all supposed. I don't know how well you you've probably been to Edmonton. Well, you probably have. it's isn't it attached to the uh, the JW Marriott, which is I it's, think it's attached to the couple hotels that the players yeah. used at the bubble last year to go walk across. Um, behind the arena behind the hockey arena is absolutely nothing and a homeless shelter. And there's a bunch oh. of homeless people who are like walking around the area. Shit. Okay. And huh. there's like a mix. It's like a mix of like gentrification where they, they like they are building stuff, but there's quite a number of pe- like homeless people, mm-hmm. people on the street. It's weird. Um, I, I, I really enjoy going. I had an awesome time. I'm glad I did go. Um, I covered Rugby Sevens this weekend. The Rugby Sevens was terrific. Uh, I was talking with some of the players at the uh, Edmonton International Airport this morning. Uh, got, go. to, no got, to t- got to talk to some of them. Uh, Olivia Apps, who is the uh, Can- uh, Canada Women's Captain this weekend. Yep. Um, it's great event. Uh, Commonwealth Stadium kind of represents Edmonton in a whole, as Edmonton is living in both 1986 and 2021 at the same exact time yep and commonwealth is commonwealth is a great representation of that where the wi-fi was shit all weekend um but the stadium's like still fairly renovated like you know still fairly new in most places um i was like you have a first world problem there big guy it is it's all first world problems because i'm coming from you know vancouver and i'm used to like as the entitled you know white male trying to do media i i need wi-fi i need good coffee um i need you know my interviews and all this sort of stuff sure but um yeah and then friday night uh we were gonna go to the oil kings game we didn't get to go uh went to the pint with armin the pint okay that's the that's pint. The, is that the, is this the spot in edmonton uh one of the spots apparently this is on white avenue Oh, okay. White White Ave's a hub, yeah. White Ave. Um, you know, we got a picture, we got some wings. We were talking football, we were having a conversation, and then you know, you know how it goes when one picture turns into another picture, and then you just keep drinking and then you keep chatting. Yeah, yeah. Then we walk to Cook County Saloon and Bar, um, yep. which is like a block and a half away. Yep. And and I I'm pretty sure if I'm gonna get COVID from Edmonton, it's in Cook County Saloon where the only people wearing masks were me and the security guards. Ah, interesting. So you were the, you're the oddball in this. I was, I was very much the oddball. Again, I got called soybean in the bathroom or soy boy. I got called soy boy in the bathroom by somebody. So that was cool. And people, people who know me know I'm not a country music fan, which I think I, I could get over that. I got over it by the end of it, by the time we were leaving, because I think I already had so many drinks and so many shots that I did get kind of just like, I, I just kind of went with it. You started, you started vibing to it. I don't know if vibing is the right word. I think like the whole trip, like by the end of it, it's like, 
I just accepted it. Like, I just realized, like, this is what it is. This is what I got myself into. This is, this is where I am. Hey, you did decide to go to Edmonton yourself. I did. I did. Um, So so we covered rugby. We had a nice dinner last night, steak dinner, uh, the sawmill or the mill on the Calgary trail. Go check it out. They're not sponsoring this. Um, They should be. They should be. And uh, yeah, flew flare all weekend. Shout out Flare. Um, I think this was my first flight since Japan, since I went to Japan like two years ago now. Didn't you fly up? Oh no, did you fly up to see us or did you drive when you came I to- probably I drove for Super Bowl. Oh, you drove okay, that's right. Yeah, right, right. So pretty much um yeah, I haven't flown since Japan and Flare I was impressed with. They were efficient, they were really kind, they were really nice, they were very helpful the entire weekend. Wow. I highly recommend Flare. There you go. Um, Flair was re- reliable, but here we are. You're telling me I didn't think Flair was that reliable, but here we are. Well, tell that to Ian earlier today, who got his flight delayed by an hour because the plane was late coming into Edmonton. Oh, so there it is. You weren't telling us that. You were about to just move on from that, but well, it wasn't that big of a deal because I got work done today. Okay, well, and an hour and an hour is like. I've had worse. Like I've been delayed for like three or four hours, like an think, hour. Yeah, true. But think about this. If you hadn't been an hour late in Edmonton, you wouldn't have been caught behind the Portman bridge traffic, which. Oh were... no, that was at like 10 AM this morning. There was like a crash at 10 AM on Portman oh, bridge. Okay. I was, I was. Uh, yeah. I was screwed either way with that, by the way, uh, best wishes to people involved in the accidents. Um, you know, like those gravel trucks. Yeah. Oh God. Like, Uh-oh. No, like the actual front of the gravel truck was absolutely just ripped to shreds. Like absolutely total ripped grill everything. Wow. I have no idea what happened, but I saw that when I was going through and I was like, good Lord, that was awful. Um, any other exciting, I mean, again, shout out Armin and Alexis for, uh, for also picking me up and driving me to the stadium multiple times out of their way. Didn't have to do it. They did that. Um, they drove me to get me, uh, my, they, they drove to the airport to pick me up on Friday, then took me to the stadium to get my accreditation. Then yep. we went back to like, awesome guests or awesome hosts. I was, oh, a, they're the best. Guest. yeah, they're the best. Um, yeah. Edmonton, it, um, think about it like this. It all evens out. So I drove them around a bit when they were here in Jul- when they were in Squamish in July. Yeah. You drove me to Victoria and then they drove you. So it all works out. Right. Well, and apparently next summer uh, we're gonna have to go to the Stampede in Calgary, and we're doing oh, an no. SYP Stampede we're, takeover. We're, we're going. There's so, no. We're, we're going. Yeah. I'll fortunately, again, COVID will still be there in uh, in when is it July or August, so we can get COVID it, try and get COVID again. Mid July. So mid July there'll be COVID again. All right. Hell yeah. Hey, oh, let's go. Well, do you know? Do you know how? So in Alberta, they have. I tried to show them my QR code because that's how it is here. Yeah. And and nobody in Alberta had any clue what I was talking about with a QR code. What? They were like, they were like, I, I, can I just see your card? And so basically I showed them my card, but do you know, in Alberta, they're not called vaccine like passports or, you know, it's the restrictions exemption program. The rep. And, huh? The rep. Yeah. We're getting reps in boys. We're and, <laughs> And pretty much um, they have um, cards, like actual cards, right? 
Sure. Like what kind of like what we have, but it's too big for your wallet. Okay. And it's in a PDF, so you can essentially just edit it to say that you are double vax, even though you haven't been. <laughs> that is wildly inconvenient, I must say. Oh yeah, totally inconvenient. And I'm like the guy who like, you know, pulling out my card and people are like, BC, why the hell are you here? And I'd had to try and tell them that I was here for rugby and no one knew what, what rugby sevens was or why I was going to Commonwealth at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. Right. Because right. no one is awake in Edmonton at 9 a.m. on a Saturday. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? Well, and nobody, like, nobody, like, I think there was about 30,000 people each day at sevens in Edmonton. Like, it was a pretty good turnout. Oh, that's a lot. But there was, like, going out, like, the places, like, people had no idea what, like, my Uber drivers had no idea what rugby sevens was. People at the bars had no idea. And actually, one guy, one guy at Cook County knew. Otherwise, nobody else knew. And yeah. There you go. I guess the, were the Eskimos on the road? They must have been on the road this week. Well, they're not the Eskimos. Oh, sorry, the Elks. Sorry. Yeah, the Elks. Yeah, the Elks were on the road. Actually, I don't think they might have had a bye this weekend. They might have, probably because of the, of the rugby sevens. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Um, but, um, Look out, uh, Alberta. We'll be back in July. Yeah. I know we talked like about it. World Juniors, but I don't, I don't know if that, if that will happen. We'll see. I don't that's know. Look, that's looking a bit more sketchy now. It is. I will say I'm going to really enjoy watching them on TV at home in Squamish. We should, we, we should do some watch parties, I think, at home I like, think together. We definitely do watch parties when we're back. All right. I think that's definitely going to happen for sure. Um, speaking of watch parties, uh, over sevens, I was watching the, uh, rugby, uh, not rugby cup, Ryder cup. I was watching about yes. the Ryder cup a few days, uh, a few times with, I don't know, a dozen people all standing around on a, uh, on a TV, you know, yep. just chilling, watching uh Ryder cup. Uh, my team USA won 19 to nine over yep. team Europe. Uh, I, watched some of it but not a whole lot uh absolute blow it blowout honestly after weekend. after friday it was really boring because at that point we kind of knew who was gonna win yeah i was gonna say like i was watching on the weekend it's like there's no way like usa is gonna blow this right like there's no way no. i mean it has happened before there have been comebacks from going into a saturday with a lead that big there have been comebacks but once it was 11 5 there's yeah coming back from that yeah I, I think i saw when it was like before the afternoon four balls like when i saw nine three yeah and, and you needed what is it 14 and a half to win and it was nine three it's like i i seriously doubt uh europe's gonna get like 11 and a half points in the next uh what 18 hours it's 20 yeah. 20 20 36 hours it would have been hard and just the 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 sheer talent. I mean, you look at the roster, like we talked about this on the preview last week, but you look at the roster beforehand, like basically all of Team USA was in the, within the top 30 of the yeah. world rankings and where um, Team Europe, like, yeah, Rom was number one and Hovland's like top, I think he's 12 or 13 now. But other than that, like no one's really in, like there's a lot of guys that are like high 80s, high 90s, even like beyond that. So... Uh did you have a a highlight from the uh, a highlight from the weekend of Ryder Cup? Yo, um, 
Yeah, there actually, I did there's a few. There, there's I have a few. I have a couple. I'll share. Um, this the shot from Spieth, where he basically hit a flop shot to the moon, was ridiculous. Oh yeah, that was ridiculous. I could not see that ball, and the fact he picked it clean and put it to a foot, unbelievable. So that that when I saw that shot, I'm like, oh, he's fucking on. He's on, dude. Spieth was really good. To be fair, he was pretty solid throughout. He had a couple lapses, but he wasn't. You team USA's best player by any means, but no, but I, I saw that shot. And I'm like, ah, that's gonna be if, if they're gonna be doing that all weekend, it's gonna yeah. be really tough. To it's match. gonna be trouble. Um, Justin Thomas, my guy, was hyped up after one of the putts he nailed as like a 20 foot breaker, which was not going in, but it did. So he went nuts. Also, you're about to say something, I'm gonna take the words out of your mouth. When him and I think it was Daniel Berger. Yeah, when they were shotgunning beers. Shotguns on the first tee. People are, people don't like it because it's like classic, like arrogance. It, well, no, it's not. It, my dad always taught me this, you know, have golf etiquette. Yeah. When you play and uh, shotgunning beers on the first hole probably wouldn't have been his, you know, dic- you know, dictionary definition of uh, golf etiquette. Right. I thought it was cool. I thought it was fun. That's what we're trying to make golf, right? It's fun yeah. and entertaining. Yeah. And it wasn't like it was publicized. It wasn't like on national television. It was videos from fans that took it. And these, yeah, this was well behind like the actual TV broadcast. I don't have a problem with it either. Like on tour, it would never fly. Like if it was, if you're recording it live on TV, no, I don't, I don't think it's the right move, but again, the guy, the boys are fired up. It's the, it's the Ryder cup for of all things. This is the one tournament where, Shit like that flies, and guys can sell it after making a twenty footer, whereas normally they don't, right? So, so my two highlights: the Morikawa shot, the the tee shot, I believe, where he um, it lands in the rough, but he bounces it like it rolls all the way to like three feet to the pin. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Um, I thought that was a great shot, and then at the end of the tournament. When Brooksy and Brooksy are Bryson DeChambeau are doing the like they're trying to bro hug, but you can sense the uncomfortableness in yeah. uh, um, Brooks Kepka. Bryson, I I totally relate to Bryson. I, I in that whole sequence okay. of like trying to be like you're trying to be buddies with everybody, right? Like you're like yeah, sure. we just won a major event. Let's go. Let's do this. Like you don't give a shit who it is. You just won. And then Brooks like, I, I don't like you. You're really fucking annoying. But we won, yeah. so it's okay. Honestly, like, I mean, based on that limited interaction, and I think the team was really close. And, I mean, let's be real. They're one of the best Ryder Cup teams of all time. I think they all got close, and that includes Brooks and Bryson. Um, arguably the MVP of the weekend. You could say Dustin Johnson. He got five. DJ, uh, without a question, is the MVP. Five and oh, five yep. points in five matches. Yeah, absolutely he, nailed it it was automatic i will say though like if there's a john sebastian zaguer con Smythe winner it goes to john rom who by the way based on like scoring a stroke play scoring he was 16 under for the week yeah he had a really good weekend i was uh going back on looking at the uh the stats from stats from the players it's just like oh yeah rom like was really doing its best to carry Team Europe, and it just didn't work out, unfortunately. 
Rome was I was also impressed with Sergio Garcia. Garcia, people were saying, oh, he's gonna play like shit. He was actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh he got the second most points for Team Europe during the weekend. Yep. So pretty good, pretty good Ryder Cup action unless you're a, a Team Europe fan. The Spaniards, uh, yeah, the Spaniards did carry Team Europe there. Tough weekend for Paul Casey, Matthew Fitzpatrick, and and Bern Weisberger. All also, three of them didn't. Rory McIlroy is another guy too. Rory, yeah, he he had a tough weekend yeah. as well. Like, cause like I'm looking at the points, right? And like Hovland's got one point in five matches. Um, yeah. Shane Lowry's got one point three matches. McIlroy's got one point four matches. Ian Poulter, Lee Westwood, one point. Yeah. Um, like you, you, I think you're looking. Tommy Fleetwood, my boy, only one point. I think you're wanting more from Hovland and McElroy coming into this weekend, For sure. while while also like, you know, hoping that Lee Westwood and Tommy Fleetwood can maybe can do something. Yeah, them. yeah, push you over the edge. I mean, I'm not sure if you saw the McElroy interview. He was like emotional after, like post round on Sunday. He was like so disappointed in him he's mad at himself no it wasn't no nothing else to it he was just very disappointed in himself and he would yeah brought to tears almost i i believe i didn't actually watch it but i just just from reading and what i saw so um yeah it's gonna be interesting i i i'm fascinated to see two years from now when it's in italy hopefully i'll be there and i can go when i'm covering the rugby world cup uh i'm interested to see how this course because i think this course didn't really like it wasn't really for like mcelroy per se i think it was more meant for like the dj's bryson's the big the big well rory's a big hitter too and yeah but i don't think i don't think i don't think of rory like i think rory is like much better at the technical side like the wedges and the chips and you know his irons than just bryson and maybe even DJ, DJ struggled a bit this year. So maybe that's a bit of a hot take, but um, I think that's what this course in Italy that they're going to is more set up for is like not right. long hitting. It's like, you have to play a technical, like your first shot has to be good, but so does your second, third. The next game. Well, again, that's why you know, this week you saw guys like Shoffley and Morikawa that, you know, are great players. Don't get me wrong, but they're, they weren't, at the top of their teams but again on a course like i haven't seen the course in italy yet but based on what you're saying like shoffley and morikawa are, are elite iron players and justin thomas was pretty solid with this weekend but he'd be a guy that would put on a show there too so again you're right and there's a, a point a part of that but i think that's why what makes mcelroy so good is that he's able to play every course so well it just this week wasn't his week he grew up in northern ireland he's he knows how to play links course so that's not the problem okay. i don't think it's an issue um, I think it's more about it just wasn't his week. He wasn't dialed in for this whatever. weekend. Was just a setup for the U.S. to win, like more than Team Europe. Yeah, Team USA had a better team, younger, more talented. Just the odds were stacked against the Europeans, and that's just how it goes. Like it, yeah, tough one for Team Europe. Again, can't wait till uh, two years from now. Hopefully, we'll be there. At least I'll be there. He yeah. should come too. It's the, SY, it's the SYP, you know, it's not the Lampoon European vacation. It's the uh, S- National Lampoon European vacation. It's the SYP European vacation. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we're going for. Um, any other final thoughts? Because we got a, a, a NHL division, yeah, division preview we're doing tonight. Yeah. I know you, you briefly mentioned DeChambeau, uh, but I, also, I just want to shout, man, he drove the green on the first hole. That was way too hype. 
That was way too hype, man. I know a that was the that, that was the other one when I saw that one. Like when I saw the Spieth shot and the Shambo shot, I'm like, yeah. okay. Well, so there was, I mean, Deshambo drove the ball long all weekend, but there was so yeah. there's the one where he drove the green, and then there's the one on the 13, the par five, where you can cut it over the lake and over all those bunkers. So Sheffler Sheffler hits one to like 310, and we're like, okay, this is pretty good. You know, he's in a great spot. He can probably get home in two. Deshambo casually hits it 417 yards down albeit downwind so it leaves him 72 yards to the green and we're like what the fuck like he literally got a half a wedge he's got a half wedge in for albatross on a par five he makes he makes eagle like yeah the dude's really good man like i like love him or hate him and he's you know he's a bit tough to root for as a fan but like like you know as a guy i like him he can be a bit challenging to root for like personality wise sure the dude's good he's really fucking good good player yeah so and and not even that you know his driving game was really good but again he knocked he knocked some shots close on 17th he put one to about five feet made the birdie and he was solid he wasn't he wasn't dj he wasn't more call he wasn't up you know super great with those guys but he he played solid he won a couple matches lots of points he put himself and his team in a position to win. That's exactly. what he did. Exactly. And I mean, it was uh, really fun watching him play. Cause remember they played like the, the four, like the four ball best ball. Right. Yeah. So in, in those, you know, if like in, cause he played the Scheffler on, in the one, one of the, uh, one of the uh, matches and um, you know, Scheffler is really pretty just solid, like consistent player. DeChambeau, you know, if, if Scheffler's in the middle, he can just wail on one. And sure enough, that's what happened on 13. And there's, you know, several occasions, like on one as well, when he drove the green, like just two, two great situations there, right? So, no, it was fun. It was fun to watch for sure. Um, yeah, I, I again, I, I, I think now you have to say, you know, Bryson DeChambeau, team player. Yeah, I would say so. Put the country on his back. 100%. Uh, all right, we're going to move on. Uh, Great golf talk. Now yeah. we're going to discuss some uh, some hockey. Uh, we, we've yeah. already got into preseason games. Yeah, can you believe that? God, where I does love- the time where does the time go? Oh, it's so good. So we're going to be we we've already previewed the Atlantic. We've already previewed the Metro. Tonight, this podcast, we're going to be previewing the Central Division. Okay, we're moving west. We're moving west. Um, this is a division that is wide open. You know, Scott. Well, not really. Kind Scott, of. Scott, yeah. I want to tell you that nature is healing today okay. because yeah. I'm back in Vancouver and it's pouring rain. I've been yeah. in sun all weekend. It's pouring rain. The traffic sucks, even just in downtown, you know, in Burnaby, not even accident related, just general volume okay and we're gonna argue if the dallas stars are a playoff team or not nature, <laughs> nature is healing my nature friend is healing. not every year is like that though. let's be real every year we argue this one year we, they're in the cup and one year they miss the playoffs we are one might say we're back to normal i mean based on your weekend you're back to normal pretty much the happenings of your weekend. Ian sits on his phone and watches the Mariners in a bar that's packed with people. It's about right. 
They, at least they won, okay? I would be very... Hey, they did win, but they're still not making the playoffs. The Blue Jays are. Okay, well, we'll talk about... Okay, fuck. You know what? I am I am sidebarring, sidebarring here so I can check the standings because, oh, <laughs> fuck, the Manners are losing as we speak. So uh, the Manners are two games back of the wild card. The Blue Jays are one game back. Um, Yankees and Red Sox are top two teams. Uh, by the way, uh, I know I bring this up every time we talk about baseball. The Blue Jays have a plus 172 run differential. Yep. Which is only behind Tampa Bay and Houston in the AL. Yep. And the Manners run differential is negative 61. <laughs> which is still worse than Cleveland and Detroit. Who are not even close to the playoffs. Not even. They're both eliminated. Not even close. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right. So we're going to – nature's healing. We're back to normal. Uh, what is – you can't even say COVID. What is COVID? COVID's not even real. Um, speaking of COVID not being real, let's start in Arizona. Uh, we're going to preview yeah. the Coyotes. Yeah. That's a good place to start because they're going to be last. They're, we're starting at the bottom, and we're really starting at the bottom for this one. Okay. <laughs> I just want to say I actually like don't mind some of the coyotes like no no talking about no you can't say that no Kessel's good but he's going to get traded Keller's good he's going to get traded just this team's a fire sale move him to Quebec next next team let's go you have, you have Clayton Keller Phil yeah. Kessel yep and that's it. Barrett Hayton. Okay, he's okay. He's all right. I, I don't mind Christian Fisher. <laughs> okay. Now you're reaching. No, you're reaching. Um, you're Jacob reaching. Chikrin. Okay, yeah, Chikrin's good. I'll give you that one. I, I think I think goes to slightly overpaid, but I don't mind Shane Goss' fair. <laughs> um over and then uh, I I really um, I like Carter Hutton and Yosef Corner as backup goalies. I don't like the fact that one of these guys is going to be the starting goalie for this team this upcoming season. But and you know what? You know what? Another redeeming quality: they're going to full Kachinas this year. They are going back to full Kachinas. <laughs> Can we say the X factor is the Kachina jerseys? <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the X factor is the Kachinas. If they don't do well in Kachinas, they probably shouldn't be in Arizona anymore. But nope. they won't be in Arizona much longer anyways because this is their final season at Gila River Arena because the city of Glendale decided not to renew the team's operating agreement next year. So yep. this is the last year in Glendale anyways. Yep. Yep. Hey, let's move on because this team's going to suck. They're obviously no, – hold on. Hold and let's know. Don't you? I'm not giving getting you off the hook that easy. Who is your <laughs> X factor on the Coyotes this year? Clay, no, uh, Clayton Keller. Yeah, he's my X factor. Um, he's gotta put up like 80 points for this team to like not be in the basement, and they have to get some sort of goaltending from Carter Hutton. I don't know what else to say, and like, there's not much to say here. They. Basically got half of the Canucks and all their shit contracts. How would you feel if I said Antoine Roussel was an X-factor on this team this upcoming season? 
Keith would probably slap you. <laughs> to be honest, Keith would probably slap you and say, Ian, you're an idiot. And yeah, no, no, try again. Yeah, try again. I, I think I'd still rather go to a Coyotes game than a Canucks game. Because um, the seats are cheap. That's probably why. And I like the arena more. Okay. All right. Um, Nashville? You want to go with Nashville? Is that the next team you want to discuss in the Central? We can talk about Nashville. It's not the next team I have in this list, but yeah, let's talk about Nashville. Sure. All right. So the Predators um, did diddly squat over the offseason. Yeah, it's about, um, that's, that's about right. They got David Riddick. That's something, right? So, so what are the Predators? Now, like, we're now, like, they're sellers, right? I would hope so. Um, man, I would sure hope so. Like this central this central division preview is really intriguing right now, isn't oh, it? Going great, from the Coyotes to the I mean, we've also picked like the two worst teams to talk about to start. To be honest, um, they traded Ryan Ellis. Yep, yeah, Philippe Myers is in. Cody Glass is in. Out of that whole trade tree type thing, um, yeah, Glass and Myers are in, which I think are up. Well, maybe not upgrades from Ellis, but Glass is good. They needed a second line center, and they finally got it now. So. I don't mind that. Pekka Rene retired. Pekka Rene is retired. So UC Soros is the full-time starter on this team. Um, honestly, like. I don't yeah. actually, I don't actually, like, their top nine is, like, okay. With, there's four, like, there's four, like, on paper, their forward group is pretty good, to be honest. I, I'm not, no, I'm not going to go as far as say, like, pretty good, because we are talking about. Matt Duchesne and Ryan Johansson have not really lived up to their production. That's also true, and they're neither of them are worth eight million dollars. But that's no paid. So, um, Eli Tolvanen, I actually don't mind. Cody Glass, Eli Tolvanen's good. Cody Glass, he's got a. I, I mean, he's my X factor. He's okay. got to. He's got to be good this year for them to have like any kind of chance. And then oh, I mean, I, I can talk about Johansson and Duchesne too, but they got to be good, obviously, as well. Um. Yeah. Is this the okay? So pretty much, yeah. So pretty much with Nashville, they're in this. They're like the like the Seattle Manners when they had like Cano and Cruz. It's what this is what I feel about like the Predators. It's like this team is too good to be shit, but they're also like not good enough yeah. to be a contender. That, that's true. Well, actually, that's a good comparison. Like, Roman Yossi is one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Yes. Still, still Yossi and Ekholm are still two of the best defensemen in the NHL right now. Well, Ekholm? I don't know. Yossi, yeah. Ekholm. Okay, Ekholm's well, really I'll, we'll stick with shutdown. you. Ekholm's a really sh- solid shutdown defenseman. Don't get, like, that's true. But overall, it's nothing special. Okay. So, with that being said, yep. um, the Predators, I think, are going to struggle this year because they're basically just waiting for, for Askarov, Yaroslav Askarov, to get to the show yep. and be their new goalie of the future. Yep. Um, 
you said Cody Glass was your X factor. Definitely. Uh, Philip Tomasinu is somebody I'm also going to be interested in for the Predators. He, he, he might be the third line center. Uh, I'll say Dante Fabro, Okanagan okay. guy. Yeah, hey, there you go. He's been spending his summers uh, on Okanagan Lake. Yeah. At skiing. He's a boat guy. He's been on a boat. He's a boat guy. Um, probably goes to the boat types. He might in the, in the summers. He probably, um, I, I, I think he's got a girlfriend, but he probably takes his, you know, his awesome girlfriend to like Rattlesnake Island and they probably just hang out, you know, there. Yeah. Former Penticton V. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go Dante Fabro. Go Fabro. I, I mean, don't get like, I like the players on the Predators themselves, but I think you said something earlier along those lines like they have a good team they're a good team of players they're just as a team they're just i don't know it's just a big disconnect i'm willing here's the thing i'm willing to bet against the predators and i'm okay to be wrong about it okay i am i am if if the predators make the playoffs i'm not going to be upset because that means that they must have done something right or somebody has had a really good season outside of philip forsberg and, and Roman Yossi. And Yossi. Yeah, so. I like that. That's that's fair. That's a fair fair uh, statement to say. All right. Um, Let's talk who's, who's next on your list? Let's talk about Dallas. We're gonna are we gonna have this conversation now? Oh, do you want to go with Minnesota next? Uh, no. Let's do Dallas. Okay, let's do Dallas. Sure. Let's have this. Let's let's argue. Okay. So. I'm assuming that you're on the side of that they're going to make the playoffs. No. They are oh, you're not. Okay, we're on the, we're on the same, we're on the same side here. Okay, good. Okay. Listen, these guys have been frauds. They weren't really, like, these guys were not good enough to make, like, we're, we're going to, like, this is not the same team that made the cup finals, like, two years ago. Nope. This team, is, this team was not good then, even though I jokingly picked them to make the finals. They, I did it as, a, as you know, satirical meme not as an actual like real prediction yeah. and i don't know i i i would rather see i, I think i prefer nash i, I want to see nashville make the playoffs more than i want to see the stars make the playoffs i yep. think okay that's yeah because you're so we're dealing with um anton Kudobin and yep. Braden holby and net because Bishop, we don't know if he's actually like good. True. Uh, Braden Holby was not good last year. No, nope. I'm almost willing to give him the benefit of the doubt because it was he moved to Vancouver. He played in Canada. It was a weird season. Yeah, he didn't and all play, COVID, like basically destroyed the Canucks. Yeah, the Canucks were just absolutely finished by the end of the year. Um, I think their defense. Is not bad with Essa Lindell, Heiskanen is really good. Ryan Suter is going to be a weird mix in there. John Klingberg. I, I'm, I'm with you. I think Dallas's decor is one of the better decors in the league. Heiskanen is really exciting. Klingberg's very good. Ryan Suter, I think, is a great addition, especially because in Minnesota he was playing 25 minutes a game. He's not going to have to do that in Dallas. No, I think like we like because this was like the summer of like 
high profile defenseman moving from like yeah. Seth Jones to um Dougie Hamilton. Dougie Hamilton. Ryan Suter. Ryan Suter. I would think I would almost take Suter over so like over the like the cost. If I'm looking at the cost of what I'm paying for those, I mean I probably would take Dougie Hamilton. But Suter at like 17 or 18 minutes a night, that seems like a really fair deal. You'd rather have Suter than Seth Jones on your team? Is that what you're saying to me? I, well, cost-wise. I want to oh. see what Suter's making. Because isn't Suter, like, on a reasonable deal? Yeah, Reasonable-ish. Yeah. Ish. I'm pulling it up now. Um, uh, three. Four years, 14.6 million. Yeah, I, I don't know about four years at 36. But 14, you know, you're paying. Like three, three and a half million dollars. Yeah, three and a half. I think I'd like that cost, you know, the cost of that more than Seth Jones at nine and a half. Okay, but again, let's not forget Seth Jones is also a right shot defenseman, um, and he's sure. a, he's an absolute minute muncher, and he he's a two way force. Whereas Suter's not quite that anymore. No, that's true. Um, we'll talk about Seth Jones more later. Yeah, we'll talk about him later on. Um, my my uh, my favorite addition to the stars this year is uh, Luke Glendening. Okay, well, yeah, it's a little, little biased, but okay. Well, he's going to um, win every face-off and sure. provide no, o- no other substantial value outside of winning face-offs. Sure. And, um, yeah. Okay. Who's I, think, I, I think if this team – I know I've said it before with some teams in the past. Uh, I think if this team was going to be successful with, Ty- with Tyler Sagan and Jamie Bennett, it would have already happened. Wow. I think there's an I think there's an argument to be made that Joe Pavelski has been the most valuable stars forward for the last two years since he was traded since he was signed since he signed with yes. the, the since he signed wow. with the stars I think he's been their most valuable forward. That's a hot that's a hot take right there. But honestly, there's there's evidence behind that. I like that. So um, your X factor then? My X factor. Yep. Hmm. You know what? I'll go Jason Robertson. Okay, I, I was I was hoping one of us would say that. I'll I'll go with Jason Robertson, dude. Um, he was probably going to be the call, like, like if it wasn't for um, um, what's his name? Kaprizov. Kaprizov, yeah. If it wasn't for Kaprizov, um, Robertson probably would have been up there for Calder, maybe Kevin Lankin as well. But yeah. Robertson last year, uh, he's now twenty two. Uh, also a 99 birth year. 45 points in 51 games last year. It's pretty good. That, so, is, that is pretty good. He he played a big role in that team. He was, I think he played mostly second nine minutes. So um yeah. I'm uh I'm saying Jason Robertson. Uh who are you saying as an X Factor on the stars? Tyler Sagan. It okay. is kind of the top that's obvious, but it's a Tyler Sagan show. If he's churning out points, if he's putting Pucks in the net. If he if he gets forty goals and he has eighty points, who knows? Are we gonna are we gonna pull the if they don't do well this season card? Maybe they. I mean, they each have no movement clauses. But if you know, Sagan's only twenty nine still, which I find hard to believe. Well, Jamie I mean, Ben's thirty two. Yeah, so it feels like Sagan's been in the league for forever. Uh, are you on cap friendly right now? I'm not. No, I don't go, don't go on it. Um, 
how much is what is what is Joe Pavelski's cap hit for this season with the Stars? He had a weird contract. It was it was like the he's cap got one hit. more year left. He's thirty seven. He's got one more year left on a modified no trade clause. What is Joe Pavelski's cap hit this season? Five million dollars. Higher. What? Yeah. Seven million. It is seven million. Yeah. He is making more than Alex Radulov. Bruh. Wow. Not making as much as Nero Heiskin, but anyways. Um, anyways. Yeah. So Dallas is not making the playoffs. No. All right. No, we both agree. You were, I, were you thinking that I was going to say that they were? No, I just feel like we have the yearly conversation every year on like if oh, the yeah. Stars are a playoff team. That's true. That is very true. I mean, again, they have to have everything go right. I mean, every team does, but they ha- they actually have to have everything go right, including a great goaltending performance from Holtby, Kudobin, Bishop, whoever the fuck is in that. I I I do think I do think Holtby will back bounce back a bit. Okay. Like I think I I don't think his season like. I think he's probably like somewhere in between like his last year in Washington and this year, like this past year in Vancouver. Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. No shit. He's probably like, he's somewhere. He might even be better than like how it ended in Washington, but I do think he's going to be, he's not going to be as bad as he was in Vancouver. No, I I think that he's, he's due for a bounce back year. Just like our buddy Carter Hart. So he'll, uh, yeah he'll do for his turtles he'll do that sure yeah first i like that all right uh minnesota let's talk about minnesota okay so you can make i think i could make the argument i don't know if it's a good one but i think i could make the argument that kirill kaprizov is the most valuable player in franchise history and i think last season was the wild's best season of all time it was yeah Oh, 100%. I mean, that's why uh, the Wild gave him $9 million a year for the next five years. So big money for a second year player, basically. Pretty much. Who who had some success in Russia before coming over. Yeah, yes, but still, any, you know, NHL wise, KHL success doesn't always translate to the NHL. So, with that being said, outside of Kaprizov, this team is, uh, Still kind of a mixed bag of uh, players, I think, on uh... – is always a mixed bag. But you're right. No, you're 100% right. I mean, okay, Suter's gone, which is which sucks, which is going to hurt them minutes-wise and finding a guy to play shutdown minutes. But Spurgeon's really good. Former Spokane Chief, Jared Spurgeon. Dumba's really good. Brodeen's really solid. Goligoski is going to be a you know solid top four addition there, but you're you're so right. It's still a mixed bag. Like this. All right, all right. Let me let's just let's just say SYP. Um, let's just say I think we are we are officially uh, putting our our hat in the ring or making a motion uh, sure. for the Wild to trade for Jack Eichel because you don't want your Ducks to trade for Eichel because that means you have to give up Drysdale or Zegris. Um, the, the Rangers aren't going to be able to get him because Buffalo won't trade him within um, um, New York. Yep. The Kings won't give up the assets to get Eichel. 
Minnesota might have the assets to do it. State of hockey. State of hockey. It's, it's in the United States. It's out of conference. Give give Kaprizov a center to help him succeed at the NHL wow. level. A pretty, pretty dynamic one-two punch right up the middle there. Um, honestly, there's I'm Eichel's probably that's probably one of Eichel's teams that he could go to, and he might go there. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, just look on look at this depth chart. Ryan Hartman's not a second line center. There's no way. Erickson X barely a first line center. He should probably play second line. Um, they could use a one C, and Eichel would be the perfect one C in Minnesota. So yeah, you trade. Um, I'm trying to see here who you could Marco, Marco Rossi. Yeah, Rossi or Boldy. Rossi. Rossi. So you Boldy, do. You do yep. You, you do Rossi. Um. You might have to give up Fiala or Rask. I was going to say Rask. I was going to say Rask. Maybe sign him to an extension before you trade him so Boston, or Buffalo has a contract that they can you know, lean on. Yeah. And two high draft picks. One of them has got to be a first. For two, your, your, your first round pick for the next two years. Yeah. Yep. That's reasonable. Do it. Somebody, somebody trade for Jack Eichel already. Um, yeah, enough enough waiting around. The other thing I want to mention about uh, Minnesota, uh, one of the other moves that I really like yep. from them in this offseason, they picked up Jesper Wallstack. In the draft, yeah. In That's the draft. And, and, I mean, I know he's not going to be their goalie this season. Or the year after, but year after that. Or the year after that, but, I mean – he could be, you know, he's somebody that I like how they, you know, they traded up for him. They got him. And yeah. uh, they have, even, they have a goal. Yeah, even though line. the Wild traded up, he still fell in the draft. Watson was supposed to go top 15. And he went yeah. he went at 20 to the Wild, which goes to show, you know, the Wild obviously traded up and got, got him, which is great. And Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, man. Like, he'll, he has the potential to be the best goal out of this draft. Potential. Also, you know, shout out to. Also, shout out to the Wild because they drafted two Kamloops uh, Blazers uh, forwards in the uh, in the last draft. They did. Who's your X factor with the Wild? Everyone's gonna say Caprasol. I'm gonna say Eric Zanek. Okay. He's, I, that's, he's a, that's, a, that's that's a good that's a good player actually to say. He's starting. He's starting to be. Become an elite defensive center, and if he can kind of t- twist it into becoming an elite two-way center game, um, then maybe training for Eichel is just like they now they have a, a sick one-two punch down the middle. Um, yeah, I mean, if he's going to be really good, then that's going to help the Wild a lot. Again, hard to say if they're going to make the playoffs. They'll be like fighting for the last wild card spot, but. Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm kind of surprised you didn't take my pick of Nico Sturm. That's your X Factor? That's my X Factor for the okay. Wild this upcoming yep. season. Yep. So why is that? So he's a bit older, 26. Yep. He is a center. I think he's someone if he has like 30, 40 points maybe for this team this year, he could work his way up to second line center. There you go. I think, yeah, Hartman's – there's no way Hartman's a 2C. He's got to be at least 3. So, 
if yeah, I like that actually. If Stern plays out of his mind, he might be there. I mean, I think the move for the Wild is to get Eichel because then you have another superstar to build around. Not that yeah. they have trouble like selling tickets or selling merch or whatever in Minnesota, but they just like, kind of cracked like high profile free agents. I mean, outside yeah. of Stephen Frise, who are by the way, both got bought out this year. FYI, yeah. are both different teams. Um, yeah, it's tough, but if they can get Eichel, that'd be huge. So I like the Wild. I don't know if I like them to make the playoff. I mean so tough after last year um it is we have th- four teams left to talk about yep which of the four would you like to discuss next we should go talk about chicago because there's a lot to talk about there's a lot to unpack here so i first want to mention the fact that this team is still under investigation from the league for their uh sexual assault rape allegations that took place during the 2010 Stanley Cup playoff run which I mean I know nobody's talking about it now because that's not how the news works where it just goes in a cycle and basically it's just people talk about it it seems like whenever it's convenient for them Uh, we haven't talked about it a whole lot but it is something that I feel like it should be mentioned and it should be brought up for sure oh definitely and the guy who's running it for the Blackhawks, Stan Bowman, uh, I believe he will not be with Team USA at the 2022 Olympics with, uh, yeah, for the Americans. So, I don't know. That's a that's a sketchy situation going on there with the Blackhawks. No kidding. So stuff, stuff off the ice is not looking good. On the ice, they uh, hmm. there's a lot. There's a lot, like I said off the top, there's a lot to unpack here. There's a lot, I'm going to say, there's a lot of change in this in this team. That's for sure. So, in no particular order, just guys, just naming guys, right? Tyler Johnson now on the team. Yep. Uh, Seth Jones. Marc-Andre Fleury. Yep. Jujar Kara. Yep. Uh I think Lucas Reichel is maybe if he's going to be more of a full-time player on the team now. Reichel's going to make this team. Reichel will make this team, says Scott. That's my hot take. He will make this team. Jonathan Taze, maybe, is going to be back for a full season healthy. Yep. Kirby Dock is going to be playing for a full season. That's he missed last year with a wrist injury playing in the World Series. Yep. Um, Caleb Jones also. Caleb Jones is on this team too. That's another guy. Jake McCabe is on this team. Listen, the Blackhawks uh, just said fuck it to the rebuild and just brought in a lot of talented pieces. Yeah. You could say that's the word for it. So they also got rid of, uh, you know, Brent Seabook, which is great because he was just a, you know, he he retired. Well, yeah, but you know, you know, they got rid of the cap hit, which is almost arguably more important than the actual player is the cap hit in today's NHL. Also, Duncan Keith is now an Edmonton Oiler, so he is no longer with the team as well. I don't think I saw any Keith merch this weekend when I went out to like shops or stuff. I don't think I saw any Keith jerseys. I guess he's not a prime time guy yet. I guess not. No, but apparently the Oilers are going to win the cup this year. That that's the word around town. Um, it? it is. That's the word. Every City of Champions. City of Champions. This is the year, baby. Normal year. McDavid, Drysaddle. Let's run it, baby. Um, 
do I do, should I really believe in this team? Should anybody really believe in this team? Yeah, I do. Are you okay. kidding? You're I drinking. You're, you're you're drinking the Kool Aid on this one. No, but I'm going to tell you why they're going to make the playoffs. Why are they going to make the playoffs? Jonathan Tate is back. Patrick Kane is still Patrick Kane. Another year of Kirby Doc, and now down the middle, they're they're looking good, especially if Taves can play a full season and it's solid. Taves, Johnson, Doc, right down the middle. Whatever order that's in, who knows? But that's going to be sick. They're le- wingers, pretty solid, especially down the left side. Debrinkit's Debrinkit. Patrick Kane, Patrick Kane. Kubelik was in the Calder running last year. Not this, not this previous year, but the year before that. He was in the Calder yep. running. Lucas Reichel might be in the Calder race this year. I don't think he'll win it, but he might be in the call. Top race. five, maybe. Maybe top five. Again, Kirishev had a pretty good year last year. Dylan Strom's right now on their fourth line. He'll probably move up and play with insert Debrinket, Kane, whoever it might be. Like, I would I would think he would be on the second line with Kubelik and Johnson. That's what I'm going to guess right now. But again, he and Debrinket have that chemistry from Erie, so they'll probably play together. And yeah, they lose Bookfist, but Seth Jones, you know, Huge piece. It's going to be a huge piece, and it's and again, flurry and net with Lankin as your backup, who had a, also had a great year last year, by the way. So there's lots to like about this team. Vesna winner last year, Mark Andre Flurry. Yeah. Can I also say maybe one of the most underrated low key low key steals uh, of the off season was getting a third round pick for Nikita Zadorov. Yeah, the fact yeah. you got an asset for Nikita Zadorov is mildly impressive. That's impressive, and that's highest third round. It's pretty good. Um, okay. Here's why I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, or okay. here's why I wouldn't bet on them making the playoffs. Sure. This just this just feels like an NBA team that's you know thrown together, put in together, and they're all expected to go out and do well and be well. Sure. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. I'm okay. not totally confident. I, I mean, I don't. I, I, Seth Jones, I think is fine. The rest of their defense, yeah, little fuzzy, little fuzzy. That's not going to be great for Mark Andre Fleury, who is now, as we record this podcast. Mark Andre Fleury is 36, 36, 36, 36 yeah. years old. So you, now you're asking a 36 year old who I get again. I know it's coming off the Vezina trophy win last year, but he played for Vegas. This is true with two Ve- or uh, Norris caliber defensemen on their team. Yes. Yeah. And now we're going, you know, to Chicago where your best defenseman is Seth Jones, and he's not that much of a defensive defenseman. Listen, no offense, Connor Murphy and Calvin Nahan are probably not going to be doing a whole lot to help Mark Andre Fleury. Only time will tell. I still think they're making the playoffs, but okay. So, who's your X factor for the Blackhawks? Probably Jonathan Taves. Okay. You know how much I love Kirby Doc, and I, I, I do want to talk about him all the time, but 
I'm going to say Jonathan Taves. Again, he's he's the captain. He is the leader on that team, hands down. Patrick Kane is one of them too as well. Don't get me wrong. But uh, Taves, Taves, he's, yeah, he's got to play like vintage Taves to have, you know, kind of propel this team to the playoffs. And I think he'll do it. I'm, I'm a true believer he'll do it. Full year of rest. He, COVID's come and almost gone. So it is gone. We're back to normal. There is no yeah, COVID. Yeah, yeah, what am I talking about? Yeah, we're gone. It's good. So yeah, Taze will be great. No COVID, so we're good. Yeah. Um, I I don't know why people are saying it's a concern when it isn't a concern. Um I think my X factor for this team has to be Seth Jones. Yeah. Like if Seth Jones does not work out this year, like if for whatever reason Seth Jones like is only average this year. Right. That's a big problem because you're paying Seth Jones nine and a half million dollars to be a top elite, whatever you want to say, defenseman. Sure. sure. And if he's and if he's not that this year, I like Seth Jones. If you're if he's not uh you know doing that, maybe actually Seth Jones. I just want to check something because I think if I yeah, if Seth Jones yeah. you know does well this year. Is it because of the fact that he is uh, – where is he here? Yeah, it's because of the fact he's wearing, like, the, the Blackhawks jersey, which is very similar to the Portland Winterhawks jerseys. Yeah, you know what? That might – he might let – he might have missed being in the uh, black, red, and white, so. Yeah, he might miss, like, that logo with that jersey scheme, with the colors. Yeah. I don't know if – You're thinking. I don't know if, I don't know if anybody's mentioned that, but – I feel like we're becoming um, – I feel like this is a really successful podcast. I feel like we're becoming, you know, smarter people by saying all of these smart things. Like, Seth Jones will do well because he's in, like, a former color scheme of his. Yeah. Like, the stars aren't going to make the playoffs. There is no COVID. I feel like we're just becoming it's smarter. It's an informed podcast. See, it's what, yeah. what happens when you have some fun sometimes. You come back and work and you're great. You're more educated when you go to country bars on White Ave. Yeah, obviously, of course. Uh, okay, so you said Jonathan Taves. I, I said yeah. Seth Jones. That's our Blackhawks preview. I'm. By the way, I also wanted to throw out there, I don't know what the odds are. I don't know if you can put odds on, like, a coach getting fired. I think there could be, like, if there were, like, long odds for Carlton to get fired. I think I would put like a bit of money on that just in case the season really goes to shit for Chicago. Right. You think um, on the hot seat? I think there's, there's more coaches that are on the hot seat and we're going to get to a couple of them coming up. Oh, potentially. Uh, which is that, does that mean we're talking about the blues, the St. Louis blues next? We'll see. We'll see. Who do you want to discuss? I think we should talk about Winnipeg next. All right. Let's talk about Winnipeg. Um, surprisingly, the best Jets in pro sports right now, as the New York Jets are zero and three. That's um, not a surprise. The New York Jets always suck. Well, the Winnipeg Jets weren't always good for a while. This is true. Well, they were they were called the Atlanta Thrashers before when they really sucked. So they're better now. And I think you're. I think you're forget. I think you're forgetting like when they first moved to Winnipeg as well, and like Andre oh, Pavlik. Hey, don't sleep on Andre Pavlik, dude. He was pretty good. <laughs> okay, all right. I don't know what's worse, me like actually trying to like 
compliment the Coyotes or are you trying to like back up Andre Pavlik? I'm not going to because they don't have Pavlik. They have Hellebuck. And speaking okay. of getting in okay. front of speaking in front of guys in, in front of Hellebuck, their defense got better. So looking at the Jets defense coming up this season, okay. Yep. You have Josh Morrissey with Nate Schmidt. Yes. Who's a nice addition. Very nice addition. Brandon Dillon, who I actually like. I don't I like him as like a defensive defenseman for this team. Like I think you kind of know what you're getting with Brandon Dillon. You gave up a little bit too much for him, maybe with two second round picks. But still but a good he's he's a good addition for sure. I think you know what you're getting with him. Yep. Along with Neil Pionk. Yeah, who's a solid defenseman. Solid defenseman. Um, and then you have a notable large fellow, Lord Logan Stanley. It's a big man there. Six foot seven. Two hundred twenty se- pounds. Two hundred thirty pounds. He's a um, he's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's a he's a tall dude. Uh, along with Dylan the Mellow, who sounds like you know he should be like a mu- a pop music sensation, but instead is on the third D pair for the Jets. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, this this defense core got better. Okay, the defense core got better. Forward wise, I think I like one, two, three, four. Actually, I might like like half a dozen players on this team offensively. I like Shifley, even though Shifley um did a bad thing at the end of the year last year running Jake Evans when he didn't have to. Um, we talked about it, that several podcasts ago. The dirty. Um, Kyle Connor, I like. Sure. Uh, he's going to help lead Team USA to gold at the upcoming Olympics, so that's going to be cool. Um, Andrew Kopp actually is, like, a good, like, he doesn't get – talked enough about but like as a just a, a grinding hard-nosed forward yeah i think he's i think he's yeah. good at that role he's pretty underrated for all things considered he's very underrated actually and then pierre-luc dubois and nicholas yellers are on the same line yeah along with cop yep i and like that second line. that second line's pretty nice not gonna lie solid second line and i and i don't mind paul stastny yeah okay Okay. Um, the loss of Mason Appleton is going to hurt because he was really a guy. Appleton, by the way, went to the Seattle Kraken. Um, yes. He was a guy that was really taking strides last year, and he looked he just looked really good in games. Kind of a really solid middle six kind of forward. Could play up and down if he needed to, but he played third line mostly. And um, Man, they're going to miss him a lot. That's for sure. I, I think it might be – I do think they got better. I so do I. I I mean their fourth line with Riley Nash, Jansen Harkins, Dominic Toninato, I don't know who he is. Um, that could be a, a little bit of cause for concern. But I think it's actually a fairly safe bet with this team, like for them yep. to go far considering their defense and goaltending. Like, it's going to be boring. They're not fun to watch. But I think, you know, defensively and goaltending, I think it's um, 
it's a pretty safe bet for them to go far. Yep, I think so. I think they're the Jets are really well built. They're built from the back out. Hellebuck's one of the best goalies in the NHL. Oh, speaking of guys who are going to lead Team USA to gold at uh, Beijing in 2022. No, John Gibson, but okay. Anyways. Oh, I'm okay. John Gibson will help Connor Hellebuck uh, get gold um, at I mean, Beijing. The Americans aren't winning gold anyways, but they're going to try. This is uh, this is the best. We'll talk about this later on, but this is like the best chance for the U.S. to win gold at the Olympics. If they don't win gold at this year's Olympics, I'm probably never going to watch Olympic hockey again. But I think this is there's a good chance the Jets. I don't know about winning the division, but they're kind of like the Islanders, where like they, I think they are a good bet to just go far. Yeah, go make a I'll deep run. Especially, they're, they're going to be buyers at the deadline. They're going to have to get some sort of forward depth somewhere. And I think they can do it. I think they're going to pick up a guy, Phil Kessel, maybe Clayton Keller, if he's on the block. Um, yeah, a, a forward from maybe like a Matt Duchesne, go to Winnipeg. I don't know. We've, those are guys we just talked about in this division alone. But who knows who could be out there, who could be available. Um We'll have to see. Ehler, or not Ehlers, Wheeler is 35 with a no-move clause. He's got an 8.25 million cap hit. Mm, try to see if there's any other contract I really don't like on this team. 3.25 and a modified no-trade for Adam Lowry seems a little steep. Nope, that's good. That's about right. Um... He's kind of – he's not the heart and soul of that team, but he's such a – he's an instrumental part of that bottom six. He's kind of like the, the leader of the bottom six in a way. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Um, did you mention an X factor? I didn't, know, but I'm going to say Josh Morrissey. Um, okay. If he takes another step, he's going to be – not elite, but he's going to be a excellent first pairing defenseman, and he's a guy that they're going to lean on a lot, and they're going to have to. But he's that good. I think he's up for it. So, all right. Uh, I think my X factor on the Jets this season. Hmm, what do I want to go with? Uncle Connor, you know what? Connor's going to score 30 goals this year. More. For the Jets. Maybe more. All right, fine. Kyle Connor will score um he'll score 50 goals Bet. this year. Bet you're on. All right. How much? Kyle, 10 bucks? Kyle, Kyle Connor will score 50 goals and win a gold medal for Team USA at the Olympics. I will parlay bucks. that. 10 bucks. 10 bucks. Oh, that's a little oh, fine. <laughs> 10 bucks. Fine. 10 bucks. Come on, hey. He's not right. doing either of those. He's going to have less than 50 goals, and Team Canada's going to win the gold medal. You know what I hate about this bet the most? Is that none of them are going to be right? No, not that. They're both going to be right. Is that I'm going to have to watch the Jets this year just to <laughs> see how Kyle Connor does. And I'm not excited for that. Well, neither of them will be right. But anyways, okay. So Connor's, Connor's your X-Factor. I like that. Connor's a great goal scorer. He's going to put up a lot, and he ha- he'll have to for this team. He's gonna play. he they're, they're gonna put him on a lot. They're gonna I don't know if he's gonna uh yeah he'll be with Shifley and they'll move Ehlers 
and Connor will score 50 goals. I regret saying that. Um, No, fuck it. I don't regret saying that because we're a smart podcast now. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. No, we're a smart podcast. We're an intellectually sound podcast. And I don't regret anything. I regret nothing, said a wise man once. Okay. Um, Speaking of regrets, uh, Jordan Bennington on the Blues, signing him to a long-term deal. Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to talk about the Blues next? Yeah, let's talk about the Blues. I mean, yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about the Blues. Why that not? was a that was a poor transition, but I had to that get to the Blues. That was a poor transition, but anyways, uh, Blues speaking, are gonna... of, speaking of the Blues, I don't know if you heard they uh, they acquired David Backus for one day. I did know that, and then he retired with the team. Congrats, yeah. David Backus, former Duck. As well, by the way, I had to mention that. Um, are the Blues any better? I think, I think their scoring's better. They have okay. a better scoring group. Um, Brandon Saul's a big addition as well. Yeah, that's another Huge good pick. is really good. He was good in New York, and he's going to be pretty good here. Um, the the biggest thing is Tarasenko. That's my biggest concern. There's no. I've heard rumblings that he wants out. Of yeah, I think he wants to be gone. I don't he think he wants to play in St. Louis. And that's a concern. However, if management can somehow kind of turn that around and get him to be on this team, they'll make they'll get past a playoff round. They'll they'll be second in the central. That's what I have him at right now. And they'll they'll make they'll uh yeah, they'll get get through a playoff round for sure. The thing I wonder about the Blues, they lost Vince Dunn. They lost to him to Seattle at the expansion. Seattle? Yeah, which that's a that's a tough loss. I like Vince Dunn. So do I. I'm a bit curious as to why it didn't work out with Mike Hoffman Hoffman in St. Louis. Honestly, I think he was always a rental, and he was kind of going to be that for the whole year, and they just couldn't get rid of him at the deadline. And I mean, they were also in a spot to be in the playoffs, so they kept him just for that scoring touch, and they just didn't get anywhere in the playoffs, so I think well, they played Col- the, the problem is that they played Colorado, and like they could keep up with Colorado a little bit, but they just didn't have this, the stamina, the energy to keep up with Colorado for a full 60 minutes. Like, Colorado just had another gear that the Blues did not have. Well, and that's why we're, we're going to talk about them next, but um, yeah, like, the Blues are good. The Blues are a good team, and I like their, their their forward core is really nice. Their top four defensemen are, are solid. Off the top, you said Bennington is a bit of a question. I don't want to say concern. Question marks probably better. Um, they're a playoff team. There's no doubt about it. They're definitely going to make the playoffs. Um, how far they go, who knows? I just want to say I want Jordan Bennington to succeed. Oh, so do I. Like, yeah. I think he's a really fascinating individual who yeah. I think is better, like, not better, but I th- he's more than the guy who, uh, you know, has, like, the, the hot run. Like, I think he can be a 40-50 to 50 game starting goalie in the NHL. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Uh, um, I, 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 I think last year as well was a weird year where, like, they had to start the year with seven games against the Coyotes. Yeah, that's right. They had, like, a playoff series to start. That's right. And, and then finished out like the rest of the year against like Vegas and yeah. Colorado and yeah. you know 
not nearly, you know, enough against the shitty teams to help them get hot. Like they were facing the Vegases and the Colorados for most of the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like the blues. You know what I like about the blues is the fact that Bill Armstrong, who, Bill Armstrong's a GM, correct? Doug Armstrong. Doug Armstrong. Bill Armstrong's in uh, Arizona. That's correct. Doug Armstrong. There you go. You know what? I he he said he pretty much just said indirectly this summer. I like my core guys. We're gonna you know we're gonna run a back. He's like I believe in this group. I believe in the team. Like you know Barbashev, you know resigned him. Jordan Cairo resigned him. Resigned Zach Sanford, who yep. I believe they just treated, traded recently, didn't they? The Ottawa. They so did, they, yeah, for Logan Brown, who is on their fourth line currently. Who Logan Brown actually, I don't mind either. But and then like Colton Pareko, Tyler Bozak, re-signed Robert Thomas within the last week. Like he huh. basically he signed Jordan Bennington last season. He basically said, Doug Armstrong. Um, he basically said, I trust my guys. I believe in this team. Like, we're gonna run it back, we're gonna do this again, and I think the results can be different. Which, you know what? Kudos to him. The fact yeah. that you, like, believe in your team, you think this team's good enough, go for it. 100%. Oh, for sure. For sure. And, I, I mean, to your point about, you know, they're a solid team. And, again, they kept most of their core intact, which is huge. And they added the pieces they need to. Their scoring was an issue last year. And, like I said, off the top, Saad Bushnevich, Kostin even, who's from the system, from their system, he's going to probably make the team, and he'll be good as well. So. I'm with you. I like this team, for sure. Who is your X-Factor? My X-Factor for the Blues this upcoming season, I think I think you're going to like this, is Tori Krug. Yes, I liked it. That's a good pick. So Krug came over last year to replace Peter Angelo, Alex Petrangelo. To try. And yeah. Try and replace him. You're not going to replace him, but to try to replace him. Yep. And he actually was like a really good defenseman last year. On a really, you know, tough team, like put in a tough situation with the, you know, realignment where like they finished fourth because they were playing Colorado, Vegas, and Minnesota quite a bit. Right. So, I think again, I don't, I don't know. COVID, I think, was a bit of a write-off year for everybody to a certain extent. Sure. But I think Tory Krug will have another really good season with the Blues under normal circumstances with a team that I think is going to be better than people think. And he's going to be, I, I don't know, top 10 defenseman in the league. I don't know how you want to rank defenseman, but like, I think he's going to be a really good player and, a, and maybe yeah. the blues, probably the most valuable defenseman on the blues and probably third most valuable behind Bennington and O'Reilly. I'd, I'd throw Pareko in that conversation as well. Sure, but okay. Yeah, I sure. agree. I don't disagree with that. That's that's a good call. But yeah, no, I like it. Your X Factor. Robert Thomas. Okay, I like that. I like Robert Thomas. He's actually really Oh, he's he's always been he's been sick. He's such a silky smooth guy, and he's gonna have to step up this year. Um, Shen kind of took a step back. O'Reilly's still really good, don't get me wrong. But again, having Robert Thomas as their 
second line center is again, he's going to have to take a step and he'll do it. He'll do it. And if he can contribute, the blues are scary down the middle. They are scary like and will compete. They, they can compete with the guys we're going to talk about next. I like the, uh, I like that pick. Uh, so let's round out the central division with the Colorado avalanche. Yeah. Okay. We like, here's the thing. We know the avalanche are really good. Yeah. It goes without saying. It goes without saying. I, I do like the fact that they re-signed McCarr and Landis dog. Yep. Lightly concerned about goaltending. You don't. You don't think uh, Kemper is going to be good enough? I don't know if he'll provide as much as Grubauer did. No, he won't. That's true. But That's I do true. think their defense is good enough that they will still be pretty good. I agree with that. Even I mean, you know, here's the thing: they lost Ryan Graves to the Devils, which stings. I'll be it. Don't get me wrong. It, it, it hurts. But Bowen Byram is going to take a huge step and he's going to be a big part of that, this team this year. Huge part of this team, actually. Bowen Byram is still uh, 20. Yeah. He's already you know, Bowen, you know, he's one, actually. He's a 2001. Yeah, you know, he's, uh, he's actually uh, younger than my brother. There you go. He's an 01. Yeah. Wow. No, I think listen, I think this team is still really good. Yeah. Um I don't think they really needed to do a whole lot. Um they you know, they picked up Darren Helm in free agency as a depth guy. Ryan Murray, former Everett Silvertip, they picked him up. I mean, I mean they had they, they lost they lost Don Stoy, which is, you know, which stinks. It's Matt dangerous. Calvert retired. Um Pierre Edward Belmar went to Tampa Bay. Yep. Grubauer so, obviously to Seattle as well. It's a big loss. So I think this team's still really good. I think this team is still the avalanche for the most part. Like I still think they are a cup contender. Awesome. A little bit concerned with the goaltending, which I don't think will impact them too much in the regular season. I think that's more of a postseason concern. Yeah. Especially because Kemper hasn't had nearly as much playoff experience as well either of those guys uh group at Grubauer hasn't had much either but at least he's had more so um I'm with you I'm with you there um Kemper is going to be he's kind of my x factor you know what I'll say he's my x factor um okay I, I could have gone I was going to say Ratnan but just I, I could say either of those, those guys but um Kemper's my x factor he's got he's got to be like if he can be like not half of what Grubauer was, but if he can play up to like what he should, like his expectation, which is like a solid starter, you know, will win you 35, 40 games. That would be good. Again, the offense and defensive structure of this team is going to carry them. The playoffs are where they got to go at least to the third round for it to be successful. At least. Yeah, they got to be. Oh shit! They have to be the best team in their division. Absolutely. Hmm. Hold on. Yeah, pretty much. I I feel like Colorado uh, has to be the top, like finish, for best out of any central team. Like if they aren't 
you know, deeper in the playoffs than the Blues or the Jets. Because now we're going back to the old system. Well, we're kind of at, we kind of had the same system last year, but like more or less, like basically, if you're the best team in the Central, then you're going to be going to like conference finals. So that's what Colorado yep. should be. Yep, that's what they should be aiming for. Yep. Um, you said Kemper was your X factor. I'm going to go Alex Newhook. Oh, interesting. Okay. I like that. That's he's, going a have a full, he's going to have a full season with the Avs. Um, you know, third lines used to be, you know, grind lines used to be, you know, a physical line, change of pace. On Colorado, it's another speed line. It's another, is, you know. Yeah, this is pure speed here. Pure speed with Tyson Jost, JT Comfort, and Alex Newhook. Like, they're just like, bang 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 like they're just coming at you with speed and skill through three lines actually the second line is more of a grittier line with Nachushkin, Kadri, and Burakovsky but, a little bit, point, but again, those, those guys can still provide some offense and a bit of bite too so yeah yeah point is Alex Newhook that dude I'm not gonna say he's gonna get 50 goals like some other player I said on this podcast will <laughs> but I think Alex Newhook 15 goals? That's reasonable. 40 points? 30 points? I like 35, it. 35 points. 35 I like points. It. I like it. For a rookie, um, it's pretty good. Also, a 2001 kid. True. Um, why is everybody who is, like, you know, just graduated, like, three years ago, why are they all playing in the NHL now? Yeah, they're so good. Kirby Doc who, right? Kirby Doc. Alex Turcotte, Cole yeah. Caulfield. Who the fuck are these guys? Well, we're gonna t- yeah. We'll talk about some other some other of those youngins in the uh, Pacific Division when we get there. But do you want to do the playoff rankings now? Yeah, let's do it. All right, who do you have? Uh, one to eight. Let me just get out. I did I did research for this for these pods. Trust me, I got it. So okay, Colorado is one. Sure. St. Louis is two. Winnipeg is three. Everyone's going to kind of have those same three. I have Chicago four, Nashville five, Minnesota six, Dallas seven, Arizona eight. Okay. Mm. I'll go Colorado one. Yep. I'll go the Jets two. Okay. I'll go the Blues three. Yep. Fuck it. I'll go the Wild four, the Blackhawks five. <laughs> okay. Um, Pred Stars, Coyotes. Okay. Yeah. Oh. You know, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm gonna bet on Kaprizov, Cam Talbot, and. Hopefully Minnesota train for Eichel. <laughs> That's what I'm yeah. betting on. I like it. Hey, there you go. Um, there you mailbag go. time. Mailbag time. We only have one question in our mailbag. Thanks to everybody for sending questions. It's greatly appreciated. Don't don't you guys don't don't feel like you're overwhelming us with questions. Okay, we can handle multiple questions. All right. Don't just. 
just don't give me multiple choice answer. Okay, I'd rather just write it out. All right. Um, SYP creator creator Ravisher. Uh, after the Kraken uh, lose to the Canucks one day after their the first ever game, their unofficial first game preseason game in Spokane. Speaking of Tyler Johnson and Jared Spurgeon, uh, Ravisher asked, "Seattle Kraken make playoffs?" Question mark. And the correct answer is yes. I'll discuss more about that next week on the uh, on the preview uh, Pacific preview with Scott. Got to be there for it. This is going to be probably the most listened to preview because this feed. This is going to be like this is going to be like balls to the wall. Just you and I just going tit for tat with. We will almost. We will probably be screaming at each other by the end of it. Probably like we will be like so upset with one another. Um, I will probably drink for it so I can really get in the mood. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna be wonderful. So, um, Scott will give his official uh pre prediction next week on the crack and making the playoffs. Yeah. Scott, any yeah. final thoughts before we uh we wrap it up here? No, um, this, this division it's an obvious one, it's an obvious eight, two to seven, sort of up in the air. Things could, I mean, okay, well, I have Dallas definitely missing the playoffs, but again, who knows? And this might be a division that five teams make it. And it has been, that's been a theme recently, and it could be the same this year. So we'll see what happens. That's, that's totally true. That's correct. Um, that's the SYP podcast uh, with Scott as we do our, our central preview. Rav and I are going to come out with a 2016 NHL redraft later on this week. And our last of the redrafts before uh, the season starts. And um, I got some WHL work I got going on this week. The Silver Tips first game is Sunday, October 3rd in Spokane. So I will be covering that virtually. And we might have an appearance at a Seattle Kraken preseason game later on this week against the Edmonton Oilers. There you go. Love to see it. All right. That's the podcast. You know where to check us out. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. You know the drill. We'll be back again soon. Peace.